Hello, I'm Katie Sewell, and this is A Bittersweet Moment with Tiffany Parks. Hello, and welcome to The Bittersweet Life. I'm Tiffany Parks, and this is your midweek bittersweet moment. As you may know if you've been listening to the podcast lately, I am about to take off for the United States in the first time in over two years. And I am extremely excited, as you can probably imagine. And of course, Claudio and Aurelio are coming with me. As I've been planning for this trip and thinking about all the things I need, I've been thinking about the fact that for the past several years now, I no longer get jet lag. Not to say that jet lag was ever a major problem for me, but I I do have distinct recollections of suffering from it in the past, but I've noticed that lately it just isn't an issue. Not at all. I don't seem to have any jet lag ever. (laughs) And strangely, neither does my almost six-year-old son, Aurelio. So I thought that I would talk a little bit about what I do to avoid jet lag. And I mean, a lot of these things I think I just automatically do. It wasn't that I started doing them to avoid jet lag, but I think they do help. And I think that maybe if you do have issues with jet lag and you do suffer from it, you might be able to avoid it, at least to a certain extent, by following some of these suggestions. And since when you are flying over several time zones, you might not necessarily be staying for very long. You can waste several days of your trip if you have bad jet lag. So it really does pay to and make sense to try to avoid it as much as possible. So first of all, I have a few strategies for sort of before you leave and particularly during your flight. Just to uh, to put out there, I'm mainly talking about traveling back and forth between North America, Europe. Uh, If you're traveling much farther than that, I don't know that these strategies will work. I don't have a lot of experience traveling farther than that. This is mainly for people who are going to be going about a six or nine hour difference, either east or west. And I do have specific strategies depending on if you're going east or west. But first of all, uh, something that I'm actually going to do for the first time during this trip, so this is untested, (laughs) but I do want to mention it. I'm going to try to start slowly adjusting my clock before I leave. This I'm going to do particularly with my son. I usually put him to bed really early. I'm going to let him stay up these next several days before we leave a little bit later, quite a bit later if he wants to, and let him sleep a little bit later in the morning. This is possible because he's not in school right now. If your kid was in school, it might not be so easy, but you could do it for yourself. You could try to just push yourself to stay up a little bit later if you're going west, obviously. If you're going east, you could do the opposite. You could get up really early and try to go to bed really early. So when you are on your flight... What I do is I always change my clock, whether it's on my phone or an actual watch that I'm wearing. I change it immediately as soon as I take off and I try to think in that time. I don't think, okay, it's, you know, it's two o'clock where I'm coming from and it's, you know, this o'clock where I'm going. I don't think about where I'm coming from. Don't give yourself the time to say, oh, you know, it's, oh my gosh, for me, it's three o'clock in the morning. Don't say that. Just don't go there. It is now the time of your arrival. 
That is the only time that exists. Don't even think about any other time. Also, I suggest you don't sleep for your entire flight. Uh, this is easy for me since I have a hard time sleeping on flights. You can do a cat nap here or there, but I would not sleep for more than an hour on a flight, at a time at least. If it's a very long flight, maybe a couple of hour-long naps, but try to avoid you know, taking sleeping pills and sleeping for the entire flight because unless the flight happens to be during the entire night of the place you're going, it's probably gonna mess you up. I also avoid caffeine and alcohol when I'm flying. I avoid alcohol altogether because it messes with your sleep. Even if you're not traveling, alcohol will mess up your sleep, especially if you're not that used to it. Caffeine, there is one exception. If I'm arriving in Europe in the morning or even in the mid around midday, I will have some tea. I will consume some caffeine because you want to push through that first day at any cost. So yes to caffeine when you arrive, if you're arriving in the East, but I would avoid all caffeine when flying towards the West. And I would avoid it at the beginning of my flight when flying towards the East. Another strategy that a lot of people have been talking about recently is fasting. And I personally, although I do fast intermittently quite a bit, I haven't attempted to do a flight fast. I don't know what it is about flights that just make me want to snack all the time. I don't know if it's to pass the time. So um, I totally recognize that this might be very challenging. But it is something to try because from what they have discovered, your circadian rhythm is not just connected to you know when you go to bed and when you wake up, but it's also connected to when you eat. So the idea is you immediately get yourself used to eating at the meal times of where you're going. If you're leaving and it's the middle of the night where you're going, like let's say you're taking off from Europe in the morning and it's still in the nighttime in the West, don't eat a big meal because it's not the right time for where you're going. And the other thing to make sure to avoid on the flight is using your phone or your screen too much when it's nighttime where you're going. So, I mean, that's why I say adjust your watch as soon as you're on the flight so you know what time it is where you're going and just check it out. If it's four in the morning where you're going, don't watch a movie at that time because your eyes are so sensitive to light and that is really what regulates your circadian rhythms and your, you know, whether or not you're going to be awake or asleep that watching in the, a movie in the middle of the night where you're supposed to be is not going to be helpful. If you have to, if you really can't sleep and it's nighttime where you're going, Read a book if you have to, but don't look at your phone and don't watch a movie or work. Now, as far as when you get to where you're going, my strategies differ whether you're going west or east. So if you're going west, whatever you do, you want to go to bed when it's evening time. If you feel full of energy because maybe you slept for the entire flight and you're like, I can just push through and stay up really late, don't do it. If you get a second wind, that sometimes happens to me when I go to the States, especially because I'm seeing my family, I'm all excited, I'm talking, I get a second wind, and I don't get tired at 9, 10, 11 o'clock at night in the place where I am. Try to avoid that. Try to just go to bed early. You will be tired because traveling is tiring, so you will eventually fall asleep, even if it maybe takes you an hour of tossing and turning. So go to bed upon arrival. I mean, considering you arrive in the evening. I usually fly to the West Coast, so it's usually evening time in the States when I arrive. 
on day one of your flight, which is usually the morning after, don't spend a lot of time in a place that doesn't have windows. I made this mistake once when I flew to the States with Claudio the first time he came. We went to the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York City and we spent probably three hours there and there were really no windows. And this kind of messed with us a little bit. Because we weren't having any natural light, our body sort of remembered, hey, you're supposed to be sleeping right now. And all of a sudden, we got really sleepy. So on your first day in your, wherever you're going, you know, if you're a tourist particularly, go to a park, go to an outdoor tourist attraction, walk around the city that you're visiting, or of course, if you're going to the States and that's where you live, if you're going west and that's where you live, you're returning home, the same thing is true. Take a walk. Don't stay inside your house all day if you can avoid it. And especially don't keep you know the shutters down. As much time as you can spend in the sunshine on that first day, and this goes for really whichever direction you're going, is so important. I've read so much about how natural light will affect jet lag and will help you get over jet lag if you try to absorb as much of it as you can during daytime hours. Another thing that I heard about, which I tried on my last trip, is something they call grounding, which is basically walking barefoot on the grass or in dirt when you arrive. I know this sounds really weird. It sounds like it couldn't possibly be helpful, but apparently has something to do with the electrons in the Earth's soil that sort of resets your clock. I can't tell you whether that science is accurate, but I did do it the last time I flew to the States, and I walked around barefoot on grass and in dirt, and I had no jet lag, zero. I will say going west is easier for most people, for me, definitely it is, because you don't have to force yourself to stay up that whole day. But I would give it a try. And it'll also give you an excuse just to be outside. Adjust your schedule immediately to the new schedule. Do not stay up late at night. Do not get up at three in the morning. If you wake up and it's three in the morning, stay in bed. Don't just get up and say, okay, I'm gonna get some work done. I can't sleep anyway. Stay in bed anyway, even if you're lying awake. And what Ever you do, if you wake up at three in the morning, do not pick up your phone and start scrolling. That is absolutely the worst thing that you can do because the light will trick you into thinking it's daytime. Your body already thinks it's daytime because it's daytime where you came from. So don't do it. If you absolutely must read a book, but just try to close your eyes and just be in the dark. Now, if you're going east, as I said, it's a little bit harder, but you have to just push through. And I tell my husband this every single time we come back from the States and every single time he doesn't listen. And every single time it takes him a week to get over his jet lag and it takes me zero hours. So what you do is if you arrive in Europe and it's morning time, or even if it's noontime, whatever you do, you stay up. You do not relax. You do not sit and watch a movie. I don't even sit down. I literally don't sit down because I know if I sit down, I'm going to want to lie down. And if I lie down, I'm going to fall asleep. So I might sit down if I'm eating, but even then, I almost will eat standing up. 
I'm really hard on myself because it works. And a lot of people say, well, I just take a one hour nap in the afternoon. Look, if you can do that, if you can travel over nine you know, hours of time difference after a you know, 12 or 15 hour flight and have an hour nap and wake up, then good for you. I cannot do that. I literally cannot wake up and I would say most people can't. Just don't do it. Just don't lie down. Don't take a nap. When my husband falls asleep, as he always does the day after we arrive around 3 p.m., I physically shake him. I yell at him. I try to get him to wake up and nothing wakes him. And he's screwed. I cannot repeat this enough. Do not sit down. Do not lie down. Go to bed no earlier than 8 p.m. I mean, maybe you could get away with 7, but 7 is pushing it because you might wake up at 3 in the morning force yourself through. Think of it as your reward and think about how well you're going to sleep if you get to 8 p.m. And if you get there, eight, even 9 p.m., and you fall asleep and you sleep well and you have a good night's sleep, you are going to be way ahead of the game. You might not have any more jet lag. You might be automatically returned to the time. Or if you're a, tra- a tourist, you might already be adjusted to the time. Adjust your eating schedule immediately as well. If you wake up in the middle of the night, don't look at your phone. Also, don't get up and eat. That's another terrible thing, uh, not just for your diet, but eating in the middle of the night, it will just reinforce to your body that you're still on the old time zone. Just like when you're going to the west, going to the east, another great idea is just to be out in the sunshine as much as possible. And what I do is I lie to myself. I just tell myself I'm not tired. And usually after that first day, after I get my good night's sleep, the next day I'll be fine. And then usually around 4 p.m. I'll start to feel a little bit tired. I know it's jet lag. I can tell. It's more than just post-lunch sleepiness. It's like, oh, I suddenly feel really tired. Don't give in. Just lie to yourself. Tell yourself you are fine. Push through it. Don't take a nap. Trust me, by day two, day three, you will be 100% fine. If you're a tourist and you're arriving in the East, in Europe, for example, use that as an excuse to go out and explore. That is what you have to do. One of the very first times I went to Europe, I was an exchange student and I arrived in Paris from Seattle. It was morning time. I was exhausted. The girl of the family I was staying with had plans that day. She was going out to meet friends. They were going shopping. They were going to go out and hang out in a cafe and she invited me to come and I went with her and I was exhausted. It was torture. It was hell. But I got back at the end of the day. I slept soundly and I had no jet lag. Now you're saying, well, what if I do if I live in Europe? How do I stay up? I don't want to go sightseeing in my own city. Well, what I do is I unpack my suitcases. I do all my laundry. I clean my house. I go to the supermarket and do my grocery shopping And then if I still have time left over after all of that, I take a walk in my neighborhood. And I promise you that you will have such a better time adjusting to your new time zone if you follow some of these suggestions. So I wish you luck on your international travels if you're having them this summer. I hope you are. And I wish you no jet lag. Thanks for listening. Join us again. Bye. Need more show? Bonus episodes are released every single month at patreon.com slash thebittersweetlifepodcast. For as little as $5 a month, you'll get to hear even more. You'll find a link in the show notes. And if you jump on board at the $50 level, you get to dictate what topic we cover. 
For example, one Patreon subscriber had us do an entire show on cuteness. Become the director for $50 a month and support the show you love at the same time. Thanks for listening. Tell all your friends, and we'll talk to you next week.